Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Time Rewind Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined by all, as always, by my friend Michael Wifford. Hey, oh man, so excited for this week's episode. We just had this new trailer drop and oh, I can't contain my excitement. Yeah, so like Mike just said, we are actually going to do a little change of plans here. We were going to jump in and do some predictions and spoilery content about what we think is going to go on in season one of the Wheel of Time series on Amazon, but they went and released this amazing trailer and we can't ignore it. We have to jump in and we're doing this entire episode, breaking down that trailer, talking about what we're seeing on there, our thoughts towards that, and just reveling in the glory that is this trailer for the Wheel of Time. Before we do all of that, we're going to get the formalities out of the way. And so if you wish to get in contact with the show, you can email us at wheelofTimerewind at gmail.com. Or if you're on social media on Twitter or Instagram, you can direct message us there, tag us, whatever you want to do, um, at WOTRewind there on Instagram and Twitter. So... Let's quickly talk about what we have been doing as far as our reading goes before we jump into the main bag of tricks for this episode. So, Mike, why don't you let us know where you are in the books, what's been going on with you reading-wise? As a lot of you already know, I've been rereading the San- or reading, rereading the Sandman series, and I've been reading um, the fourth book in the Wheel of Time series as well. Still continuing both of those. I've actually, because um, I just got a whole bunch of new books that I'm trying to get through into my classroom, I've been reading a couple other graphic novels as well. And I just finished um, My Brother's Husband, which is a, uh, it's a manga. And that was a really fantastic book. But yeah, still eating away on the fourth book in the Robert Jordan series, or the Wheel of Time series. What about you, Dylan? So right now, I am, of course, diving into Wheel of Time as well. Uh, we talked about how we we're doing a complete reread of the series, and I just finished the world of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time and started The Shadow Rising, which is the fourth book in the series that Mike's talking about here. And right now, I have about 36 hours left on that one. But not to be outdone by Mike, I have also started reading Dune. So that one is uh, just barely starting as well. I think I'm on like chapter eight on that one, seven or eight. But we are here to talk about Wheel of Time and this Amazon TV series that's coming out on November 19th, which is only a mere 19 days away from this recording. We're recording this on Halloween, Mike. So... As a treat to us, Amazon has given us this awesome new trailer. Let's get into it. So, when the trailer begins, this opens up on Moraine doing a voiceover here. And she looks a little bit younger than what I think we're going to be seeing her look in the main series here. But mm-hmm. that to me just says we're getting a look at some new spring content for season one of Amazon's Wheel of Time as well. So, Mike, why don't you just talk about some of what we're seeing there with Moraine in the beginning of the trailer? It, to me, says that this is a... They're going to give us a little bit of Moraine as an accepted and um, before she's able to become an Aes Sedai. And I think we'll get maybe... We'll get some of the testing for that as well from some of the other scenes. 
they did such a good job uh, with this trailer. They gave us so much um, from across, I think, the whole se- first season. And this first this first piece, though, is definitely her before she becomes an Aes Sedai. You can tell just from their, like you had said, her face isn't quite ageless yet. It's definitely younger looking. After we kind of pan in on her, it sort of goes into uh, the Chamber of the Sitters where they have all the different Ajas. She's in front of the Amaralyn. She is in her blue Aja <laughs> best outfit, I guess. And I think this is, and she's taking the oaths on the oath rod. And so we're going to get kind of her becoming an Aes Sedai. And there's a lot to, just in, just in that piece there, a lot to digest and a lot of questions I have. Yeah, so let's get into some of those questions here because we're going to do, what we're going to do with this episode is we're going to go through the trailer talking about what you see when you watch the trailer here, but also talk about like our impressions of it, as well as some of the things that it brings to mind for us to ask here. So Mike, what are some of those questions you have after watching this first part of the trailer? Yeah. So how they had the other sisters, like the different Ajas arranged around Maureen was very interesting. She was like, she was a blue Aja and the next to her was the red Aja and the green Aja. Specifically the same two sisters you see in the next scene where she's weaving flows of Sidar into this globe or circular shape here. Not quite sure what that is. Don't know if that's part of the testing and maybe these sisters were like sitting with her throughout the testing to kind of affirm that she did the weaves correctly. Um, But that's kind of the biggest question I have is, are they there to watch her? Because then it immediately pans into Loghain sitting inside this cage. And I'm also wondering then, are they there to like gentle Loghain? Like what is the purpose there? Are they in the same place or are they not in the same place? Um, They did a really good job, as I said, putting these pieces together so it does leave you with lots of questions and i think that's something that the trailer does very well is having this overarching reveal of the series where you are just left with so many questions have so many uh, glimpses of what's to come but they do a good job of puzzling it all apart and putting it together in a way that you don't necessarily know if what you see in one scene is directly after what you see in another. And they do the same thing with the voicing over to describe, like, what's happening in the trailer there, too. But yeah, like, what Mike said, I was wondering, like, is Moraine, like, receiving a quest to do with these other sisters? Or what's going on? Why is she with all these other Ajas that are not her own? And so going into the next frame there, you talked about how there's Loghain sitting in his cage as well as Moraine and the other sisters looking like they might be in the same room. Maybe they're not, though. So what are your other questions you have from this sequence of events, Mike? Or what do you see in the next part of the trailer? (laughs) Well, uh, so I'm wondering if... They because in the books, Maureen doesn't really have many interactions. Well, any interactions with Loghain that we know of. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're going to try to build in this initial interaction with Loghain. Like maybe she goes to gentle him, and she has this red and green sister there to help her. And then it maybe it fails. I'm not quite sure. Um, there's other images in the uh, 
trailer that leads you to think that it does fail because he burns away the cage that's surrounding him. But maybe she tries this, it fails, and then she go back. She goes to the back to the White Tower, or maybe the whole White Tower scene where she's getting initiated and stuff happens before, and like maybe Logan's like her first mission. Don't really know. There's just so much. I mean, it's only a trailer, so there's only these little snippets. So again, it leads you to just wonder a lot about these different scenes. It seems like they are trying to make you think that she does have some kind of something to do with Logan at least capturing him or trying to gentle him. What are your thoughts on it? Well, you hear Moraine say, like, she did not choose this quest, or she did not choose this path, or whatever her exact words Mm -hmm. were. So you're getting the sense that Moraine was either set out on this mission, or was kind of pushed into this way of thinking, or this mission that she might have been reluctant to take, but was either told to you by an, uh, the Amerlin or a higher, a higher-powered sister, or something like that, where she was being kind of prodded in a direction she didn't want to willingly go necessarily. And in New Spring, that quest is to find the Dragon Reborn. And so, with Loghain being a male channeler here, it makes sense to see Moraine having an interaction with Loghain in the show, even though that definitely does not happen within the book series itself. But one of the things that I want to talk about next is the next part of the trailer all takes place within the two rivers. So, Mike, do you want to talk about that and what we're seeing when we see the next part of this trailer? Yeah, we have Moraine, obviously, cutting in, and like you said, this is not my quest, riding into the two rivers, telling um, Bland that's where they're heading, and she talks about the old blood. And um, we may have mentioned this a little bit before, but there was an ancient kingdom, uh, the Malkir, who Minethrin, were like. in the two rivers. <laughs> Minethrin, <laughs> sorry, Malkir, I'm thinking land, about Lan. Yeah, Lan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just talked about him, but... Uh, Minethrin, and they were in the Two Rivers area. They were considered to be a thorn in the Dark One's side. They were a very strong kingdom. They had an Aes Sedai as a queen, and they ended up getting wiped out uh, due to some other issues. During the Trolloc Wars. <laughs> people, not sh- people not showing up basically to help them yeah. out during the Trolloc Wars. We get a lot of Nynaeve and Egwene, and then we get all of these... Oh, like I love the bright scenes with these characters because it's just like they're so unsuspecting about what's going to happen. They're all still so innocent. And I thought <laughs> yes, they're all still so innocent and then it's like immediately flash and you get the merge all coming in on the horse and then it's just then the trailer very much takes a darker turn. Yeah, you really get a, a tonal shift in the trailer there where it goes from all like bright and like happy music to kind of rainy dark and foreboding and then you start to see the merge roll riding in on the horse followed by our first really good look at trollocs so i was i was very impressed by the trolloc cgi i thought they looked fearsome gruesome and everything i was hoping they would look like they didn't look campy at all in my opinion now i i can say like mike and i 
we both talked to our significant others about this trailer as well and had them watch the trailer. <laughs> and um, the Trollocs were actually uh, my fiance Amy's main contention with the trailer. She thought they looked too CGI. But I think with the monster amalgamation that they're supposed to be, that they looked pretty awesome. And so I'm very excited to see them in action on screen. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. My partner didn't have any uh, qualms with that. She she watched it and then she was like, this is the one you do the podcast on, right? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, this is what we talked about. She's like, it looks good. I'll watch that with you. So good. Yeah. Thumbs up. I know. I know Amy will definitely still watch the show with me too. So she's like, I'll watch it one time with you. But if you want to watch it more than that, (laughs) you can do it yourself. (laughs) You're on your own. Uh, But getting back into the trailer part here, we see the Trollocs looking bestial with all kinds of nastiness going on with them. You see the Trollocs attacking Nynaeve and Egwene and the rest of Emmonsfield, as well as an older gentleman that we're speculating is Tam Thor or Rand's father. And so... I'm just really interested to see how the whole Winter Night attack plays out on screen here. Because it looks like they're going to have everybody in the town part of the Two Rivers. Well, yeah. Yeah, that would that would make a lot more sense. I actually didn't think about that too much. Hmm. That'll be interesting to see how they play that out. You're right. So then... Um, um, sorry, go right ahead, Mike. <laughs> I was just going to say, at like the 43 second mark where we get the merge all, we see that it's the one with the horse that has a very, like, has like a skull bridle. Kind of skull yeah. helmet on it, yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, and I mentioned this to you before, but I just wanted to kind of share this. I'm thinking that the show is going to have a specific merge all be kind of the main antagonist, at least for maybe the this first season or the first half of the season. Um, and they're sort of separating him by having his horse be, you know, identifiable. And what's funny about that is I've seen a lot of Wheel of Time memes being like, hi, I'm Dan the Murdral," <laughs> And like personifying <laughs> him a little bit and giving him oh a little gosh. personality. But um, I, I think we'll it'd see. be fun if they did that. It'd be really funny. I think it'd be fun. I wouldn't like it, I mean, but I think it'd be funny. Oh, I know. I, I I don't mean the show do it, but like I think it would be it'd be fun if like you know the the fans created sort of like a. Oh, that would be amazing! I'm all about that. <laughs> I can already picture somebody dressing up and like doing like funny voices and. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. But um, continuing on, we get a lot of great scenes here where you can definitely tell the two rivers where they lived was destroyed uh around the one minute mark you can actually at the one minute mark you see the group moraine land matt uh, believe nynaeve and egwene and perrin all standing around in the town you can see dead bodies around or at least the injured hopefully not all dead and the inn i believe that may be the it looks inn, completely burned destroyed. down yeah yeah and after this, this was the, I think the next thing we talked about where they noticed the torches up in the hills and they're like, what is that? And Moran's like, his army. And I think that what's going to happen is that's going to be the driving force out of the two rivers on this 
epic like game of cat and mouse basically right so moraine in the books she has to try to convince the kids of the two rivers to come with her and leave their homes and mike and i were talking before we started recording here and it seems like in our opinion it seems like this is going to be what she uses as the whole we gotta go come on we gotta leave before this army comes and kills everyone else if we leave they'll follow us and not them so that's kind of the way we're viewing things as far as the Trollocs coming down the mountains with the torches and everything that you see there as the force to get the story going, get the whole uh, quest to find the Dragon Reborn and the, the quest of the Wheel of Time underway. The next scene I want to talk about in the trailer is probably the most contested piece of the trailer that I've seen and I understand it, and I am in some ways in agreement with it, but there's a scene in the trailer where Moraine says to an unknown group, because you don't see who she's talking to, Moraine says, one of the five of you um, is going to basically be the person who to fight the Dark One. And Oh, and so that would probably be the... Okay. Yeah, so what... The Edmunds Fielders. Yeah, so that's the whole part of it there, is everyone's saying, okay, is she talking to the Edmunds Fielders? And if she is, why five? Because, you know, it's the Edmunds Fields five. They're with Nynaeve, <laughs> Egwene, Perrin, you know, Matt, and Rand. They're going to drop their new album soon. Oh, yeah, any day now. <laughs> Here it drops <laughs> November 19th. <laughs> but anyways, um, so what a lot of people within the fandom have a problem with regarding that statement from Moraine is that it's like, holy cow, hold up. Or so are you saying Egwene or Nynaeve could be the dragon reborn, which is a big shift of the way things are in the books with the dragon reborn needing to be a male. And that being a fundamental piece of it because male channelers are cursed to go mad and insane. But this particular male channeler is also going to save the world and stop the dark one. So before I pass this over to you, Mike, um, just my own thoughts about this are that it is an eyes to die answer. When Maureen says one of the five of you, she's not lying. And that's the way that the eyes to die tend to like to keep their business broad and indiscernible so that you don't know exactly what they might mean. Where if she came out and said to this group of five teenagers fresh out of the, their town for the first time, hey, one of the men here, you are the Dragon Reborn. They might be like, holy cow, you're crazy. I'm getting out of here. But by saying, you know, one of the five of you are, are who the Dark One's after, it kind of keeps it vaguer, more vague, and it makes it so that they don't necessarily know she's talking about the Dragon Reborn prophecy or that she's looking for one of the men in particular. And by being an I said I answer, the information is true, just not specific enough. Like she could say one of the three of you, but by one of the five, it's a way to kind of keep their nerves almost at bay is how I feel. What are your thoughts about that, Mike? I, I like that you brought that up because I, I never really thought about this in the book series. In the book series, she doesn't really. She just says that the Dark One wants them. So if if she is bringing in the whole Dragon Reborn bit, 
it sort of alleviates the pressure off of the boys thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a male channeler. I'm going to go mad. And it sort of also like, oh, it could be one of the girls because they can channel. And it starts to, like you said, alleviate some of that from them. And I think too, it could also be a tactic to keep all of them sort of together Mm -hmm. and in line and traveling with them as well. So I like that you brought that back to it being an I said I answer. That was that's really good. So farther on in the trailer here, you get into the part where you see um, the rest of, I'm assuming the rest of the gang are there as well, but you see Perrin and Egwene sitting around a campfire and Perrin basically asking Egwene, do you think we're ever going to get to go home? And then this whole flash of events showing again the the Murdral with the Trolloc army. And so cool. This particular shot of the Trollocs is really interesting because if you pause it, if you're watching on YouTube or anywhere else, and just look at all the diversity of the Trollocs that you're seeing there, you see some of like the beaked Trollocs, some of the horned Trollocs, and just like how gruesome they are in how dissimilar they all are. But at the same time, they all look like a group. Like, they belong together despite them looking so different and gruesome. And it just, it looks phenomenal. Anyways, so <laughs> Egwene basically tells Perrin, no, we're never going to go home. This is our lives now. <laughs> and to which there's no reply. That's when it's radio silence in the end of the trailer there. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on this last part of the trailer? Um, so that last part there with, especially the merge all and I told you this, I was like, it looks so cool i love how they got just the lips and the whole face to just be just human that like human-esque but not but definitely something off on there and the trollics oh i just again this is we've been waiting to see what they were going to do we were worried about it a little bit um but they've really delivered and i'm excited to see them in action a bit more and see some of the full scenes. I know that we did get a nice little clip there where one was fighting Tamal Thor, and I thought that was that scene looked awesome. Yeah. I like that you brought up the part there about them not going home. That's a good segue into, if we hop back here into like a minute 17, we get this really awesome scene of a city, and it looks out like it's out in the, out in the desert. <laughs> Or in a barren place. How could I have forgotten and, about uh, this entire scene in Shinar? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, the Shinar keep just looks awesome. So yeah, why don't you talk about the Shinar keep and what we see happening in this scene? Yeah. So this is uh, the Shinar. Shinar. Shinar people are on in the borderlands. So in behind them, you'll see that gap in between the two mountains. That's called Tarwin's Gap. So they guard. Um, the rest of the land pretty much f- for this area anyway from the blight which is on the other side of that and kind of creeps in a little bit and that's where you know Trollocs, Merdral, the Dark One sort of has holds sway over the land and so they protect the rest of the world from Trollocs and Merdral and they did s- oh, this is so great because they talk in the book about how they had to clear all trees away from it and I, I do like that they made it a little more desolate mm-hmm. because really it probably should be it's right on the border of where evil is like encroaching on the land right but the keep looks 
just awesome. <laughs> and I love that as you're getting the glimpse in, you see the top knots and you get the, a very like, like Asian inspired like garb and it's kind of what I pictured and how it was described in the book since Lan is technically from this area too. Um, it just looks really militaristic and cool. Right. And so just one thing, your thoughts. one thing I want to just clarify really quick as well is that it's not Shinar that protects all of the rest of the world there. It's all the borderland communities. And so Shinar is just the one that this particular scene is going to be set in here. But I agree with everything you said there, man. Like, the Shinarian forces, they looked really cool. You see them later on drawing their bows like they're focusing on invaders coming up. And it wouldn't surprise me if they were drawing their bows on our group of heroes riding up to the gate there as, like, a defensive measure here. And like you said, they, they chopped down all the trees, everything around Shinar or sorry, around Faldara, the keep itself, that's the name of the keep, is Faldara. They chopped down all the trees there, so, like, no one is sneaking up on this fortress, and it's just, it looks like it's done so well, and I'm very excited about this piece, because, like you said, this is pretty much how I pictured it, right out the books there, because the way they have their militaristic society set up there it just kind of reminds me, and like their sayings too, just kind of reminds me a little bit of like Bushido and other Asian um, inspired codes and um, honor being really important up there as well. It just kind of goes back to like that samurai-esque feel. And it just, it feels like they're doing that justice with the way things are looking so far in this part of the trailer. Would you say that this trailer has lit your, lit you on fire? I mean, I wouldn't go and say that far, but certainly parts of it were on fire. So why don't we talk about yeah, this so next part? You, <laughs> so if you get to like the minute 21, that's right after um, we pan from Faldara and you get the back of who we believe is the king or leader of the Faldara, or leader of Faldara. And I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But um, you Agamar, have a, Mike. what appears to be, a yellow Aja Aes Sedai on fire um, with a gag in her mouth, her arms tied behind her back, burning. And you cut to one of the white cloaks, Padron Nile, and he has blood on his hands and he's taking a swig out of a goblet, just looking all nonchalant like, oh, it's a great day. And gotta say, we haven't talked about the white cloaks yes. uh, really at all, but they hate the Aes Sedai. They don't believe that people should be able to touch the power you know they're very much a mm, they're a zealot cult basically yes oh zealots yeah they're all we walk in the light we are pure and all this other stuff and they don't believe people should be touching it and you it cuts to him um taking the Aes Sedai ring and putting it on his little chain with all the other Aes Sedai rings. It's still bloody from where he, I'm assuming he cut it off her hand. She probably cut her finger off and just took the ring off there too. But yeah, like Mike mentioned there, the white cloak, whoever he might be, Pedro Nile or not. And personally, I don't, I feel like he should not be Pedro Nile because Pedro Nile is described as a much older man. So this guy doesn't look too old. Anyways, um, he has a whole collection of Aes Sedai rings on his belt there. And so it looks like 
the Children of the Light are going to be much more deadly in this TV series here on Amazon than they were in the books themselves, which honestly sounds like a cool twist to me because having an actual threat from the White Cloaks will just increase the series enjoyment to me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's definitely going to like create a a much more interesting dynamic there because now you don't just have like Trollocs and Mergerall. Now you have this other force that's also threatening Aes Sedai, even though Aes Sedai are really, you know, cool and they're very powerful. Like there's, there's a group that's determined to take them out when they can. For sure. Uh, and then it kind of goes into after that scene, we get a scene where Morian's in white and crying and Lan is like yelling and, uh, um, his chest pounding his chest i'm not quite i was not quite sure what this was referring to dylan had an idea on this though and yeah so my theory about this and i'm not alone in this at all by any means so um uh, it's not necessarily an original idea is what i'm getting at uh, so what my thoughts are is that this scene takes place around the time where moraine bonds land to make her or to make him her warder, um, which takes place at the end of the New Spring book. And there are some tragic events that happen leading up to this. But that's my prediction, is that these events happen and then Moraine and Lan and everyone else are dressed in white, probably for funeral garb. And Lan kind of gets emotional and i think this is where we're going to see the bonding take place so what else do we have going on in this trailer mike so if we continue on into it we get another glimpse of two the two rivers i think or at least another town at the 127 it's intact it's definitely dark and a little spooky get a little more with rand i like the scene over you're definitely going to get some white cloak action here about the one minute 31 second mark you get Egwene and uh Perrin there between yeah 131 there you get Egwene and Perrin encircled by what Mm. looks like to be children of the light and what's interesting too is there's a person on the ground near them so I have some thoughts on that I didn't even think about it until right now but it makes so much sense if that's Elias Machira oh Hmm, that'd be really interesting. I'd be surprised he got he, if he would have gotten knocked out so easily. But either that, or it's another white cloak. Because if we think back to a certain scene that happens in the first book between Perrin and Egwene and the children, then uh, Perrin and the white cloaks have reasons not to like each other. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Anyway, I'm not sure yet. I don't. I I could definitely see Elias Machira, but the outfit is a little different. It's not sure. Then we get a it goes dark again, and you get what looks like Egwene fighting Trollocs. Then it goes to the Waygate, which a lot of people aren't very happy with how they look. I think it's fine. I have no issue with it. Well, one thing I do have an issue with, like is in the books in the books there is a way gate in the basement of a certain shop 
And if that is a way gate, there's no way that's in someone's basement and they don't know about it. Um, so I think they just, if that is a way gate, which I'm pretty much sure it is, then they have 100% changed the way they've looked. But it still looks really good, in my opinion. It's not going to be how it's described in the novels, but it still looks Yeah, good. they definitely took away from that. And also, too, you don't see Loyal. And maybe that's why they're cut, like moving him to appear later on but which would make sense but i'm getting a little into the spoiler talk of some things that i think they're cutting and moving around but yeah anywho uh and then we get into a really interesting scene here it's really quick it's right at the 137 mark um you can kind of see when you have it still a gentleman all in black fighting against a man sword i tend to think it looks like a merge roll because you can't see the head the hood's up that was my impression as well as it was somebody fighting a merge roll it's a pretty cool scene i am excited about all the action shots we're seeing here because they all look very good i am excited for november 19th yeah. to get here <laughs> and more rain like summoning the fireballs and hitting the different um trollocs in the chest was really cool yeah for sure and uh, I like how they did that. And it would also explain, like, how they could get an Aes Sedai. If they knocked the Aes Sedai out, then tied up her wrists and her hands, she can't, like, move her hands to channel. If they're making that part of what they need to do, that would make sense. And then we kind of get into a scene here after the fireball scene where someone, we don't know who, is trying to stab Loghain. They have a dagger, and it has three stars on the, the hilt there, but... And he is using flows of Saiyadeen to stop it. And you can see that from how they're like... You see the black taint the black. on it, yeah. Yeah. Which I believe they're not going to call it the taint. Right, yeah. Because, yeah. I, I <laughs> you know, heard about it's that. Kind of a, it's kind of a... <laughs> kind of a... That's a word that has a few different meanings now. Yes. And they're going to call it the corruption. Yes. The corruption around the source. <laughs> and I mean, that works. It's like fine. Same meaning. It's not that big of a yeah. deal. Yeah. And then we flip over here at 147, and we have Green Aja, and it looks like her two warders, and she's channeling. Probably some bad on that. A lot of action, yeah. a lot of action scenes here. A lot of action scenes. The last one I really wanted to bring up here, because um, I thought this was really cool, and a lot of people have been talking about it, is at the 149, 148 mark, you have snow-covered battlefield. Ah, uh, yes. Um, what looks like to be an Aiel, and this would be from the Aiel Wars, which was in New Snow, so... New Spring. New Spring, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it has snow in it. Yes. Um, and it looks like he's fighting someone... I, I'm imagining it's an Ilianer, I believe, because it looks like bees on the breastplate. But he's fighting him, he's taking his coat, he's definitely going to take him down and probably end them real fast and so it's cool to see that grace and that uh the ability just coming yeah. through yeah like honestly that's one thing that i have been pleasantly surprised about watching this trailer alone how much of new spring that they're having within season one here it's so much more than i thought they would and i am excited to see it because the shots with the aiel look amazing and Having that part where Moraine transfers from being accepted to full Aes Sedai, that will be kind of cool 
for everyone to see how that process works earlier on in the series. So, um, with all of that said, we are running a little long here <laughs> for what we usually put out. Yeah. Um, but is there yeah. anything else you want to talk about, Mike, before we get on out of here? No, I think we should definitely think about um, what the Edmonds Field 5's album would be called and maybe some of the tracks on it. But outside of that, I'm excited for next week and to talk some spoiler talk. And maybe um, we'll kind of split next week into some of our predictions for things that we think are going to happen. And then if that runs a little long, we could do the last episode on things we think they're going to uh, maybe subtract. Or maybe we'll just turn it into two weeks of just full-on spoiler nerding out either way i'm excited <laughs> and so by the way when mike said the last episode i'm assuming you're talking about the last episode before the series actually drops here and we are given yes a absolutely gift. thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're going to be given a gift by the content gods and of out of just real time in general just by getting the series dropping on november 19th here so there are going to be two more episodes that we'll be coming out with after this one before that'll be dropped before we have any episodes released. So once those are out, we will be diving into the episode breakdown, um, just explaining what we see on screen, talking about how it relates to the books, our predictions, how we're doing with uh, our book rereading as well. But the flow of the show is going to change a little bit from being less background information to being more reacting to what we're seeing in the moment with that. And this episode here is probably a good example of that since we were not planning on recording this episode, but we were given something we just could not ignore. So um, with all of that said, then we will see you at the next turning of the wheel. Goodbye. Bye.